the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. We're at episode 463. And a welcome this week to our guest, James McAvoy. How are you, James? I'm very good. How are you, Paul? Fantastic. Fantastic. Very cool to have you back in the studio again. Thank you. Um, welcome to the Podcast NZ um, Upgraded Studio. It's changed a little bit since last time you were here. It has, yeah. The lighting is uh, it's, it's a lot better, yeah. Got our new LED lighting in the, yeah. in the studio. For uh, I don't know if anybody can hear the difference, but uh, it certainly certainly feels feels a little bit better. Yes, um, I agree. So <laughs> it's, it's nice. Uh, now, we should fill listeners in on where you fit into this big wide world of technology in New Zealand, James. Yes, okay. Uh, so my, my sort of day job is um, as founder and sort of CEO of uh, GoodNest. And so that is a uh, platform that up until August was um, sort of get out your credit card, say what you need like a plumber and and we'll sort of make that happen. And we um, in August we pivoted. So we've, we've changed to a completely free model now for consumers. So effectively, instead of trying to lock in a plumber or a tradesperson at a set time, Time, we give you the choice of multiple plumbers. You can chat with them and hire who you want, and it's totally free service. So that's been going really well, and uh, we're just sort of at the moment just expanding the categories to go a little bit more outside uh, tradespeople into sort mm. of stuff you need in your life. Um, yeah, so that's well, good. That's a lot good. Of fun. I will look forward to hearing uh, a little, little bit more of, of that uh, during the during the show. Mm. Um, but first up, uh, a special thank you to the organisations that have. Uh, have partnered with the New Zealand Tech Podcast to uh, to make this podcast possible, and yeah, you will start to notice there's varying changes coming uh, coming through in the show format research that we're doing behind the scenes we're putting more into that uh, but yes special thanks to um, this week uh, Samsung we add to the uh, roster so uh, thank you Samsung uh, also HP Vodafone Spark Vocus and Sumo Logic so um, yeah fantastic to have um, all of those organisations standing behind the New Zealand Tech Podcast uh, and really to me I see it as a, as a real sign of, of their commitment to the New Zealand tech community our new tagline for the show is the voice of the tech community so you know really the 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 show here is to is to serve our listeners and to serve um you know the the broader tech community in new zealand so always encourage any mm. feedback anything you think that we could be uh could do or add or adjust to the show always love to hear that um so without further ado let's uh, let's jump into the the headlines uh this week things that have been interesting um I want to start with Rocket Lab. Actually, it wasn't it wasn't um, the first thing we put on the agenda, but it pretty much caught my attention. I enjoyed watching their uh, most re- recent uh, launch. It's all, always you know, still just blows my mind to uh, um, you know see rocket launches happening out of New Zealand. It sort of triggers and the um, the the kind of the, the inner child in us. I, I kind <laughs> of. You know, t- tech's kind of uh, often pretty sort of behind screens and electronic. To actually see that sort of e- exploration sort of thing kind of happening again is, is 
pretty inspiring. It is, yeah. isn't it? And you know, we've had, of course, we've had Peter Beck on, the, you know, on the show on on uh, you know a number of occasions, and a, you know, more detailed interview with him on the uh, New Zealand Business Podcast. Uh, so yeah, they, they've been uh, you know very very good, you know, considering all of the things that they're juggling mm. in, in terms of uh, communicating and and uh, and really sharing what they're uh, what they're up to. But the the exciting information uh, that that they shared following this last last launch is that they're, they're gearing up to be able to you know potentially put satellites uh, all the way to the moon so you know putting putting a satellite up to uh, you know mm-hmm. sit, sit there above the moon would be uh, would be pretty cool that's a long way to go I, yeah I did I did notice with this last launch that their payload was going up to um, 621 miles which was you know completely different to mm. previous payloads that were I don't know, maybe you know, a hundred hundred miles up or or, or so. Um, yeah, so definitely. Yeah, I was thinking, oh, I don't remember that before. And then and then this announcement, I was having a look and yeah, joined up, joined up the the, the, the dots that uh, yeah, this one this one's gone a a little bit further. But I guess once yep. once you get going, that's that's the thing when you're in space. You can keep going, and yeah. uh, they're they're just saying, "Yep, let's uh, uh, let, let's do it." And yeah, potentially with this um, uh, what they're calling the photon uh, payload platform, this could could well be happening uh, by the end of uh, twenty twenty. If there's uh, if there's demand for it, they could be uh, um, you know putting uh, putting something all the way to the moon. Yeah, it's 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 crazy to think sort of you know, five years ago or, or something like that. Um, satellite launches seemed like just you know it was the domain of sort of the, the governments. It was the NASA. It was you know Russia, um, but it's private companies doing it. Even little old New Zealand, we're just sort of sending them up there. Mm. Mm. It's, yeah, it's changed a lot. So yes, it, I mean, the, and this is really part of if we if we look back. You know, five, ten, fifteen, twenty, you know, thirty years. There wasn't, there wasn't so much going on in space. Obviously, that mm. that's really, you know, has changed dramatically, uh, and and you know, so many ways in terms of the cost of getting into space, in terms of you know how it's done. Yeah. Um, but you know, underlying that is is so many smaller innovations and inventions, and uh, I guess uh, technologies that have come down and. And scale have gone up in performance, have yep. come down in cost, and you you join all those things together, and it and it makes this sort of thing possible. But you still need, you know, incredibly uh, dedicated and smart people to join all those dots up and actually make it possible. So, mm. yes, yeah, so, you know, so so pleasing to see what uh, what what Rocket Lab are up to, yeah, uh, really and. It leaves me curious, you know, if this is where they've got in a reasonably you know, short space of time. They haven't been around for much more than than a decade, and mm. you know, publicly we we haven't you know known so much about them, you know, until just the you know last few years. Uh, yeah, where where could they be in? I don't know, another another decade or two, yeah, it would be or, hard to plot or, that or, or, or two. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's going to be pretty pretty interesting. So I think we, we've got some uh, some some fascinating uh, thing, things mm. ahead, and lots of lots of possibilities. On, on for those uh, who listened in, we had a, a special uh, episode. Uh, with Microsoft to, around uh, Internet of Things and uh, you know a little little bit of um, discussion around on 
you know, on-farm type mm. uh, IoT uh, usage. And, you know, at the moment there's, you know, there's, I guess, some sensors and things like that. It's possible to get some stuff off satellites, but with the cost of putting satellites up coming down more sensors you know, i can just imagine we're going to be we're going to be looking at, at a whole lot oh, more yeah. data in the years to come than uh, than what's been available today yeah and it's it, it's going to go through so many industries you know um i've been talking to um just in the insurance space and um you know they're sort of doing blockchain sort of um policies iot sort of uh, water sensors so you can be out at work uh your washing machine sort of you know just just starts spilling its guts everywhere and you wouldn't know anything about it but they sort of pick that up they've got a policy they sort of flow through and they know that triaging it rather than ignoring it waiting for the the disaster and the full flood to happen it's better to triage they sort of you know try and um, get access to your place get in touch with you if they can't they'll send a plumber around they'll cut the water off they'll do anything wow. they can to wow. sort of contain yeah. the damage and that'll be just covered by the um by the insurer so that, it's, that sort of everywhere. thing's pretty exciting isn't it because yeah. you imagine you you join up those dots with your with with whatever gadgetry you've got around the house mm. and you could automatically trigger it to turn you know to turn the water off so it doesn't Absolutely. even need to be somebody you know going out in future yeah. and then you know that's the sort of thing that brings down the cost of your your insurance policy or, or means they can go to a zero excess what you know whatever changes yeah. it yeah. it looks looks like uh, that's gonna that's it's, a nice it's gonna happen fast I mean a lot of the sensors now um, I've been sort of geeking out on that for the last sort of few months trying to put together a bit of a plan and um, a lot of the sensors you know that you can kind of plug them in the wall behind your existing light switches and power switches and heavy duty sort of ones for like turning off your car charging at certain times so it's it's sort of now it's the platforms pulling all these things together and creating the automations because um, you can get pretty lost in that and have all sorts of weird stuff happening at home but yeah it's the, I think that space is going to get really interesting and everyone sort of feels like there's a bit more cooperation out there your home kit opening up and um, you know these bridges and stuff being sort of multi multi sort of vendor is quite cool so mm, yeah mm. yeah it's going to change a lot yeah yeah I, I mean I think it's um, sometimes yeah is a, is a challenge we have these devices but they can't talk to each other very well or they're yeah they're locked in with one bit of yep. one bit of technology is sort of siloed off from from others so as that as that stuff gets more standardized it uh, yeah it'll be good for good for everyone except for the brands that would like to keep us uh, um purely in their in their uh, in their ecosystem so uh, yeah yeah definitely yeah um now a headline uh, caught my caught my attention and it read like this a robot doctor told a patient he was dying it might not be the last time um now it's a pretty deceiving headline actually um but it, it, it was referencing uh you know a, a patient who it was discovered was um you know uh, you know about about to die i think you know maybe it was the, the following day mm. after this uh diagnosis and the robot they're referring to was a telepresence robot. So you know, actually, it was it was more like a you know, a, a a video, it was a human doctor, a video yeah. a video call basically. Um, but you know, the, these sorts of things that, that very much interest me. The way we're bringing technology into into different sectors mm. and 
how and when is the appropriate way to utilise technology? Is that the right way, you know, to tell somebody that that this is what's going to happen to them? Now, you know, I think that there was uh, there was a nurse there as well, so it wasn't it wasn't just this person looking at the at you know at the video uh, at the video screen, but. We've got to be careful, don't we? That we don't sort of, you know, dehumanise things that that really, yeah. uh, that really shouldn't be. I, I remember um, I I gave a talk at a um, uh, not for profit uh, tech conference, and there's some some years ago it was, um, you know, probably one of the first sort of you know keynote things that I that I did. And um, I remember hearing back sometime later somebody saying, uh, "Paul, that bit where you talked about how um, how awesome um, autonomous vehicles might be for um, Meals on Wheels, you completely got it wrong because the whole thing about Meals on Wheels is so that um, you know a person gets some personal contact with somebody, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And and uh, you know, I was just talking about, oh yeah, you're going to be able to reach more people, and you know, the technology is going to be You'll really be cutting good. them off, and uh, you know." I mean, I didn't really know anything about it. I hadn't had a, well, I don't recall any family member having, you know, having had that. So I didn't sort of, you know, understand the reality of it. But yep. when you join up those dots, actually, you know, we've got to be really careful that we don't, uh, you know, give, give too, too, too much use of technology yeah. and and lose that, that uh, you know, the, the, the key, the human uh, element within, um, within society as we try and get more efficient. And, yeah, efficient. Efficiency uh, isn't everything. Automate things, it's, right? <laughs> oh well, I think you know, particularly in kind of the medical sort of space, that it's just going to be far more sort of sensitive to to sort of you know technology just getting in the way and sort of removing. I think the fidelity out of the you know the communication that you have with with your practitioner or whatever. So yeah, I, you know, what is interesting, I think, there is you kind of say, well, if they used even more technology, could they sort of understand the situation better and have processes and protocols that would kind of change what they do? So you kind of get the advantage of the efficiency of having all these doctors elsewhere, but you mm-hmm. can you can properly understand the situation and have, have a process to, to make it even more sort of... Um, Humane, mm. 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 and yes. I mean, I think that there's there's still lots of opportunities around medicine where we're where we haven't, uh, you know, plugged in the artificial intelligence pieces, the yep. uh, the automation, and there's so much that's waiting on very manual uh, processes. I heard yesterday about a, a case with a New, you know, New Zealander who. You know, something got lost in the system. An appointment that was supposed to take maybe six weeks became five months, and then there was a period on top of that. And by the time they'd got the information through, the clarity around their cancer, mm. it was at a point where it was terminal, which it wouldn't have been if they had just actually dealt with it. You yeah. know, in the original case. Now there'd be lots of things where it's gone wrong, but you imagine you work these processes out much better with the right you know, bits of technology and the right ability to analyze the data mm. without it necessarily waiting on a doctor uh, who's who's too busy and and you know I'm, I don't see that sort of issue going away anytime soon 
right? When you no. do, you know, a country like uh, New Zealand, I mean, I'm sure it's, it's probably similar in, in lots of parts of the world, but there's that challenge that, we, you know, we, we deliver uh, as a country, you know, free healthcare to, mm. you know, a lot of people. And the more stuff is, is free, the more it gets utilised, the better the services, the more it gets utilised. So there's always going to be those, those, those pressures on it. Mm. Uh but yeah, if the technology uh, could could help lighten that lighten that load in the appropriate way, yep. that would that would be fantastic. And um, yeah, I think I think there's there's obviously still work to be done. And and part of that I see has got to be this this um, you know continual move towards um, you know a proactive approach rather than the sort of you know ambulance at the bottom of the cliff type type scenario where you know medicine is you know, still seems to be very much you know reactive rather than yeah. uh, ra- rather than proactive and, and technology's got to be able to play a play a part in that process of, of capturing things earlier and I think uh, yeah the important thing is sort of digitizing all this sort of data and actually in digitizing it having processes and ways to share it um, in a controlled way. Obviously, you've got to respect the privacy of, um, of you know, uh, everyone's data and it, it being theirs. So, and in sort of digitizing it all, you start to sort of be able to, you know, you can start playing with data sets. Mm. And so you can kind of, with, with the benefit of hindsight, say, mm. like, how have we deployed our resources to deal with, you know, the needs of our population? You can kind of make forward forecasting better, mm. um, prioritizing in emergency waiting rooms better than just like, do, do you have problems breathing or, uh, you know, a sore chest? You, you know, there'll just be sort of... Um, a lot of improvements the more we can at least start to digitise and measure yeah and I think the um, we'll get more probably relaxed about sensors you know wearing the whatever the next generation Apple of watches Fitbit, Apple Watch yeah. these type devices uh, become more more normalised mm. and the more b- benefits that they bring as well to the consumer yep. then uh, you know if, you've, if you're wearing that anyway and it just becomes an option well I would like to share this information with my health professional mm. you know your health uh, professional your doctor public health system wherever it, it goes if they've got those sort of AI mechanisms to look at the data yeah feedback say you know hey James hey Paul you know blood um, types known you, you know, know sort of sensitivities yeah. to drugs known you just sort of know all the medical history yeah there. Join, join up those things yeah. and can you know be giving you a prod in the direction yep. hey bit more exercise this week mate or hey you know I've, we, we'd noticed when you jumped on the scales the data you fed back along with this and this and this suggests this or you know you're, you're not getting enough uh, sleep um, yeah. our, you know, that, pr- our prior, prior data tells us you're going to be getting you're going to be you know, coming down with a cold or flu yeah. or whatever, if you you know if you don't slow down, and they are at the consumer level, at least starting to track all these things. You know, mm-hmm. all those those pieces: your sleep, your weight, your kind of. Um, now they've got it, like you know, for sort of insulin levels and tracking that. So it's getting better and better there. It's actually sort of uh, again, it's, it's the reactive place. It's it's actually in the healthcare system when you're actually needing help. That's where there's still a bit of that disconnect, and almost some of the problems we're seeing around privacy with, you know, kind of Facebook and whatnot is, it's almost a good thing to be happening now before we've gotten that sort of integration through healthcare, where you could have all sorts of sort of things, uh, privacy problems that are kind of, uh, that could be kind of going on there, uh, sort of prevented. So I think mm. maybe there's a silver lining. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And, and I mean, once we start drawing on mass amounts of that of that data and be able to look at a at a population, different people yep. groups, where yeah, maybe the, you know, if we look look in New Zealand, mm. you know, the, there's certain you know people that are more susceptible to certain you know certain problems. Oh, absolutely. And then you know, pulling all that data together and working out, and then being able to help you know prevent you know prevent particular types of, of yeah. issues and challenges and and proactively sort of send out you know, educational content yep. or pull people in for appointments uh, proactively. There's some there's going to be some really neat things there, yeah. I think. There was a, um, what is it, 23Me, that's one of the sort of DNA analysis companies. That's right. Um, I think the ex-wife of, was it Larry Page or Sergey Brin, one of them. Um, and so she, she sort of started that up and... Um, yeah, I, d- I did that a few years ago, and it's fascinating. You sort of get your ancestry, and then you get sort of your risk profile across so many different things. Right, sort of. yeah. And, yep. it, and it's not a sure science, obviously, because there are a lot, lot of... Um, a lot of sort of um, challenges and sort of like picking kind of key markers and you got epigenetics mm. and all these other things mm. that influence it but um, it is fascinating to see it and it's like hey you need to watch this or you need to look out for that and you may lose your eyesight when you're 80 you may or may not what do you mm. do with that mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you know all all these sort of data points kind of coming together and well managed. I think and we'll be able to save lives. It'll be really yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's exciting to see things moving forward. But some of these things you can join the dots up and see now what they will be. Mm. But they're not there, and that can be a <laughs> can be a little bit annoying. Yeah, too, right? and uh, and I, I think you know in a lot of cases where. Um, you're getting sort of development now like going back to the whole space thing where it's sort of private company enterprise is is the one pushing that frontier and yeah. it gets more difficult when you know the, the governments are there and they're protecting obviously the citizens and that can slow progress in the medical space so there are sort of tensions there hmm. um, and so I'm sure you know these are, these are things that are known by, by people and they're trying to work through that to get more rapid drugs sort of tested and delivered to the public but yeah yeah and and the you know the privacy type uh, you know things that you raised as well mm. which uh, you know is very interesting in light of some of the challenges that different you know parts of the government have had around uh, around privacy around cyber security mm. and you know the one you know, and, and yeah, just the you know last last few weeks where you know a, a bunch of um, you know passport and you know personal information that that, that got leaked that wasn't well handled, uh, and then the last week we had um, news through sort of following up on there was some news earlier on in the month around the Commerce Commission who had some um, data that was sitting on you know, I guess contractors uh, computers. And more um, in an external party that they were they were working with, and um, these computers apparently, or the yeah, the, the, what was what was stolen, um, wasn't even password protected. Let alone you know all the other sort of standard layers that you know any half responsible you know business would take around yeah. you know encrypting a disk and and everything else. I mean, if there's no password, then yeah, you, know, you you've got to imagine there's a whole lot of other things that that, that were that were not right as well. Yeah, I mean, that's, the password's kind of you know top of the list, and that's your one on one kind and, of stuff, and, right? And, and and has been for for you know for many years. Even if in the early days, pass you know the passwords were were very easy, there was still usually a password, or it was on a you know post-it note somewhere. But you know to to, to hear about uh, you know com- confidential. Um, 
you know the data that they they'd been um, you know collecting from um, I think it was two hundred meetings and these interview transcripts and uh, and and so on. Num- you know, number of years worth of information yeah. just <laughs> left you loose. Just, you just think as soon as uh, as sort of data sets and sort of data like that has been um, been sort of handled, there'd be processes and checks and. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound like they have been. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it, it's hard. It's hard to get this stuff right, and we are also in this this world of the sort of the you know the gig economy and and people being tapped yep. in to do little little bits and pieces. But mm. I think we have to realise that you know although th- that that's part of how people like to work and 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 how um, business operates today, that there needs to be. Uh, consideration placed around yeah, data and and how people are going to interact with an organisation yeah. in, a, in a way where you're not just you know le- leaving uh, leaving it wide open, which is uh, is really what's what's the, happened here. There there are definitely sort of policies and tools around sort of um, cloud storage and things that could have could have helped at least there. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, you're always, always limited with like remote wiping and whatnot with connectivity, but um, yeah, they could have mitigated things. Even if you're using con- contractors with some sort of central controls and passwords, at least, and getting access to the to files. But I'm sure they'll be thinking about all all of those things now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, there there's a flip side to these things coming out as it puts pressure on, and mm. what a government entity was able to get away with last month become something they can't get away with next month right yeah. that, that's certainly what you hope yeah. um, but it's 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 not easy and um, yeah these things will be will be an ongoing challenge I'm, 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 I'm sure and and you know when you boil it down um, you know it can be pretty hard to find well yeah where, where did it go where did it go wrong at, at, at times if, and if you were to try and analyse all of those external interactions with yeah, even a large organisation let alone looking at the, all yeah. the government organisations um, that would probably take you know years to actually you know, analyse and and audit, but mm. you know, hopefully the, the the standards keep going. Uh, you know, keep going up. And, yeah, I mean the uh, private sector. I mean, the, the, by no means does the private sector have a squeaky clean sort of record. But where there's sort of money involved, and inherently private sectors going to do things because you know they can lose a lot of money. Use PCI compliance, which has been around what twenty years or so. Mm. Um, that's like a, a a really great example of um, you know there being a really good kind of process and framework around the controlling of mm. credit card data. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, data is data that you can control it. You just mm. need to sort of have, have a group of people sitting down saying, how do we stop this and how are the ways that it can kind of fail and what are what are sort of the considerations we put in there to sort of stopping that happening. So it can be done. Uh, yeah. But I think the problem is, is you probably don't have clear enough kind of community or enough communication across the different sort of departments they've all got their own budgets and challenges and constraints with their existing technology so it's probably quite easy you know to sort of just drop the idea of a framework in there and, and think that's going to be done but um, you know a lot of change has to happen I guess progressively through all of these sort of different departments separately yeah, and, but in and parallel it's, and it's easy for us to sort of you know it's easy to throw stones at, at, at things when you see them happen but mm. look every organisation has has challenges yeah and all sorts of different areas right totally so, yep you know it's not uh, maybe 
quite quite as quite as simple as uh, as we might like it to be. Now, um, a lot of a lot of um, a lot of you know sort of gadgety type uh, things going on in the last few days, new product releases and and uh, and whatnot. Um, the first thing that uh, has hit the news that's sort of gaining a bit of attention was the Galaxy S10, and I've been uh, been using the um, the S10 uh, Plus as um, you know alongside some other devices, but that's kind of been uh, made that my primary device uh, for a few a few months, mm. and um, look really. Really nice, uh, really nice phone. You know, Samsung, uh, you know, continuing to, to compete well, but they've come under a little bit of pressure around their um, their under the glass uh, fingerprint sensor. And what happened was apparently a, um, a British um, woman uh, found out that um, she's got a screen protector on her phone, and I'm and I'm guessing what's happened here is this issue relates to if you scan your your initial fingerprint after the screen protector has gone on, that that uh, in some ways it doesn't Reflects, capture the same uh, level of detail or yeah. something, and then. After that, what she's finding is other people could unlock, uh, could unlock her phone. Um, not a not a nice position to be uh, to be in when you think this thing's sort of super locked down just to your secure, just yeah. to your fingerprints. So um, look, obviously, um, you know this this stuff's hard to get right as as well. It does seem very strange. That uh, that a member of the public would discover something something like that, and again, it was her husband, wasn't it, or something? I th- yeah, that, I think it, I think it, yeah, I think it was. So um, yep. yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, just I mean, sheesh, you know, and they have lot, and they have lots of tests that they do on all these devices, and they you know get them out around the. Um, you know, I think generally there'll be a whole lot of internal users that would be previewing yep. a technology and a device, uh, but things are iterating at such a pace, particularly in smartphones, yep. where you know it's moving, it's it's really moving quickly, and between coming up with the finalising a design and what you think should be in there and the mm. software, I mean, often a phone will, or a device will come out. And the firmware might still need a little bit of tweaking, and yep. so when they're actually manufactured, you know they're they're waiting for a new a new update to sort of you know come out as they start getting into the hands of the public, and and some devices will get a little bit better over time with mm. you know a few tweaks and improvements, and I guess this becomes one of those one of those you know ca- cases, but. Yeah, worrying when it relates to when it relates to security, yeah. um, and if it's happening to Samsung, right? This is you know one sure of the most the one of the most trusted it. brands. Yeah. Uh, when it when it comes to smartphones, then what about the what about the small smaller things? So there's there's I guess an interesting thought when you mm-hmm. know when you see and look, Sam, you know Samsung have had a had a few you know trips, the, the battery uh, battery issues and so on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Part of that. That, um, part of the reason they probably get picked up, I'm I'm guessing. Um, same thing when you know Apple have had issues, um, it becomes more obvious, becomes um, amplified because they've got that you know that that big customer Market base. Share, yeah. Um, whereas 
yeah, you might have a, a, a same or a worse issue on another brand, and you may may not even know about it. So it's a, it's a, it's a little bit of a um, little yeah. bit of an interesting one there. It's Wh- a tough. Which one, direction it? should you take? Should you go for the the obscure uh, the obscure brand that um, you know people might not be looking for uh, for issues? Uh, mm. And and I mean, I mean, this is this is quite unusual. We don't seem to see. Um, yeah, the, 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 too many of these things. Although we we have learnt over the years that usually these fingerprint type, um, you know, biometric sensors can be can be bypassed. And See the, it in know, the movies, cameras, the cellotape, where, the gummy yeah, bears. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. So. I, guess, I guess that's the challenge, isn't it? When they're kind of running so fast with technology, um, it's the ecosystem, the environment that they're being used, and you know, it's not necessarily the finger that's going to be touching the screen. It'll be via a um, you know screen protector. Mm. Mm. So it sounds like a good opportunity for Samsung to, you know, sell official privacy sort of um, uh, 100% sort of privacy sort of guaranteed uh, screen protectors. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Could, <laughs> could, 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 could be the approach. Um, yeah. It seems like that uh, they have they have a software update coming, so this is going to be addressed um, reasonably quickly. I'll be curious how long that takes to get into the New Zealand market. Mm. We know some, you know, sometimes there will be updates and that can take a, that can take yeah. a while to uh, while to get. Uh, um, get 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 down. I haven't heard anything from Samsung um, about this. That said, I haven't actually pinged them. Uh, you know, any any questions on it? Just sort of, you know, picked up the international news. But mm. I, th- I think that will be something of interest is how quickly can they respond to get this out? Yeah. Uh, yeah, globally, not just yes, we've launched one, but actually, how do we? You know, we got it on our phone. Um, of course, because it is out, people can switch and and use you know pin type yeah. uh, passwords. And I think there, there's certainly uh, segment of the market who just you know, doesn't use biometrics for these you know these types of reasons that mm. there is there is often some sort of um, issue or or you know bypass to the security yeah. and uh, look now now we've got an example why uh, um, why to be a little bit cautious with these things. Be careful out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now on the uh, on the gadget front uh, today, uh, actually Wednesday tomorrow, the GoPro Hero Max. That I've talked about uh, briefly with the launch of the GoPro Hero Eight. Um, that now that hits the market. So. What's that? The twenty third of twenty uh, third of October. That um, that that hits the um, market, and we'll be able to um, talk a little bit more about that on a on a future episode of New Zealand Tech Podcast. Uh, they've sent over uh, review units on on both devices so I'll be trying I mean I've already been trying out the, the GoPro Hero 8 over the last uh, few weeks it's just another one where there's you know there's been some firmware updates that have already come through uh, the the GoPro Hero Max the things that sort of jumped out to me as being quite cool and this is their um, 360 degree camera yep. and I've used uh, what's the other 360 degree one I've used as a Samsung uh, actually yeah really cool I mm. used one one of the national Parks and um, in the US, where you've got all this sort of red rock around you, and I just yep. sort of shoved it in a kind of a, a pole uh, in the ground on the middle of this sort of uh, this rock, and um, you know there were just lots. You know, we were wandering around, lots of people, and um, yeah, caught a caught a chunk of footage, and it was really really cool being able to go and uh, you know 
know, just just look at the area, um, look at it later. And I think um, might have ca- caught a little bit of a sunset and so on. So you can end up nice. with some really neat uh, neat footage on this stuff. Um, but with with what GoPro are doing, they've of course got their traditional sort of GoPro yep. uh, fans that are using them for you know extreme sports and you know all, all sorts of activities. Mm. I saw some footage of the um, Hero Max attached to a car and then that being turned into just standard footage so you can take it you yep. can have it sort of take the full 360 view and then you can just pick well I want the I want the forward facing view or you can then oh look let's actually swing around to get this what's some activity that's happening on the side and so you can turn it back into so normal footage so, yeah you can just, yeah, just come cool. and, and score whichever whichever angles you want you know yep. look up at the stars look forward what what have you um, which, which is you know is, is quite neat and their, their software seems to be um, yeah has has moved along a bit I guess with their generations of uh, of 360 cameras um, they've got now what seems to be really good stabilisation mm. and of course stabilisation to a degree to get a really stable image uh, with with their say the GoPro Hero 8 there's a level of, of cropping that they have to do because if your yep. your camera's moving well how do you how do you stop that you you make a smaller frame and you take the you know yep. the mid- middle part of that that's a, that's the an element sort of, of moves it. to sort of yeah. compensate um, yeah. and I mean that that the chip they've got in there that does that is is very very good um, but with a 360 degree camera uh, you, you're cropping. You don't have that limitation because actually, you know, you're, you're looking in every direction, so mm. you can end up with a very, very stable, uh, very, very stable, um, you know, view without, yeah, without losing anything out of your footage, which is kind of cool. Um, they also have, um, and these are the things I haven't really had a chance to try much of this yet, so this will come later. But uh, a panorama uh, type capability, which mm. works. At in a, you know, I guess the similar manner, you don't have to be, you know, stitching together a whole lot of photos like you would on the normal sort of cell phone to get that, you know, a, a horizon a or a wide, you know, view or whatever, because it's it's taking all of that anyway. Uh, so there's a yeah, bunch of possibilities there. Um, they've got the same time warp capability, uh, I believe, that's in the GoPro Hero 8, which is kind of a time-lapse type function, but then it's got some smarts around the pace of the time-lapse, whether it speeds up or slows down, depending on your uh, on your movements, which you know they've, they've yep. obviously learnt on, you know what what people would like to do, what makes good footage, and yep. so you know they might catch extra frames at certain times. Um, but it was the horizon leveling capability that's uh, that's in this neat, yeah. and the Hero 8 which is kind of neat I was actually just showing showing you James earlier um, some some photos I'd taken mm. uh, with the iPhone um uh, 11 Pro, and we're looking at you know how how it does stuff in the dark, which is you know phenomenal. Um, but one of the photos I had was kind of a bit you know skewif, yep. and um, yeah, the way that they can actually uh, you know figure figure out the horizon using whatever whatever sensors in there to do that, and then balance out the view. And from what I hear, um, you'll actually you could spin your camera around up and down and round and around or whatever. And then, it, but it will then just—it won't matter what you're doing with the camera. 
um, it will be able to get. It'll be able to actually, yeah, use the the gyros wow. or whatever just to give you that 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 straight view, even though your camera's been moving. Um, yep. And co- there's quite a lot of processing that actually happens inside um, the GoPro Hero Max, apparently. So um, a bunch of this stuff can just you know happen right in there. I'm not sure about that one whether mm. it will do that or whether that's when you feed it out to their. Um, the GoPro app, but yeah, there seems to be some really neat stuff. So I'm looking forward to having a good, uh, uh, good play around with that. Definitely yeah. cool for travelling and you well, know so summer coming up. They capture everything, whatnot. so I guess that you know the good thing there is you'll just be able to kind of film once, but then go, oh, I want a panorama now, or I want 360 here, or so that's quite cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm not a surfer, but I def- that would be the sort of device I'd be ta- taking mm. out the 360 one just to get all the get all the angles it would it would be um That'll certainly be very very enticing to do sort of su- a bit of a sunset surfing mission to see what sort of um you know fit you could come back with and so on yeah it's, it'll be interesting to sort of see all the sort of 360 footage and how they they start to get sort of you know all the vr sort of stuff converging um you know facebook a while back was doing their sort of 360 footage that's right of, yeah sort of came and went a little bit there. they had the 3d yeah, images as well up, yeah, um yeah. so yeah just the, the more of this content that's captured now I think in future it'll, it'll almost may, maybe it'll be like to the stage where you go oh these were like the black and white photos it's before <laughs> yeah. everyone had the, yeah. the proper awareness sort of shots yeah. yeah well I think um, one of the challenges I find is it's really easy to capture lots of content mm. but it's learning how to be picky around what to capture and then what are the best tools to get that out there? So I've been playing yeah. around a little bit. GoPro have merged. They used to have the separate app called Quick that you could get. Mm. Uh, you could edit GoPro or any content on there. Um, you can now, that's now sort of been merged into just the, the GoPro app. So you can yep. do your editing stuff sort of, you know, pretty easily within, you know, within that one app because it's all merged, yep. uh, merged together. Um, I haven't got too far with that stuff yet, but a little bit of a play around, and um, yeah, it is um, you know it's, it's pretty pretty neat being able to um, pull those pull those bits and pieces to um, you know together. Mm. Um, but yeah, my my thing is just you know avoid catching too much uh, too much footage. Sort of be picking capturing's easy. Capture. It's yeah, it's yeah. going back and editing, having the time to do that. And yeah, yeah. Um, now, an event I've never been to before, I um, agreed to attend last week. Um, Microsoft's annual, this is their 12th annual uh, Partner Awards, and these things seem to be really hotly contested. I'm you know, talking to a, a few folks that have you know been involved in, in, in different ways. Uh, you know, here's you know a, a bunch of those that have uh, that are entering the awards have got um, sort of ex Microsoft staff helping them to you know come up with what they submit <laughs> to uh, uh, to to put their put their things in the best light. Uh, but I think it's 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 really um, you know it's really good that the that our um, um, you know, technology brands actually you know, recognise the the partners that are yep. you know helping uh, bring their technology out into the market, and also it uh, I, I think you know encourages the sort of you know innovation and um, you know smart things being being done um, you know by these businesses. So um, I was just going to just a, a little bit of respect for those brands um, or the the um, the tech companies locally that have done well. Um, so it's going to do a, a very quick run 
through the, the highlights. Um, New Zealand Partner of the Year went to um, Umbrella. Um, I, there's a lot more sort of detail for those that are that are interested, but um, yeah, um, just run through Azure Innovate Award to a Wear Group. Who um, that's who we had on the uh, the IoT uh, episode with uh, with Microsoft. So um, yeah, if you're into um, learning a little bit about the Internet of Things, then and you missed that episode, maybe worth uh, worth a listen. Um, and the, I'll, actually, I'll just run through the names of the companies without their awards. There was the Instillery a project with Carter Holt Harvey, uh, Datacom, uh, Information uh, Leadership, Intigen, uh, who won three awards, Enlightened Designs, the laptop company, uh, Exceed, uh, and there was another one there for Enlightened Designs. So, um, yeah, congrats to all of those companies. And I know, uh, you know, some 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 of those um, some of our listeners will will be uh, within those firms. So, mm. look, you know, good on you. And um, you know, I think we as a as a country want to be you know we want to be pushing forward and innovating and uh, and doing things that help our our local organisations, whether it's uh, not for profits, whether it's at a government level, or uh, you know those that are. Um, everyday businesses and, and those that are um, earning export revenue for New Zealand um, so uh, yeah mm, good good, on them. good, uh, uh, good work so uh, yeah um, now on to on to uh, we had here a couple, oh, a couple of other things. Um, Microsoft have their Surface Pro 7 and their Surface Laptop 3 launching in New Zealand this week. Uh, so we'll be talking a little bit more about those um, maybe next week once I've had a little bit of time to uh, actually you know try try out the technology mm. uh, which is uh, which will be uh, over the ne- over the next next uh, next few days so uh, I know they've got a, a, at least some of those in, in the country now and I'll be getting uh, getting uh, getting hands on um, I guess the bit that interested me most uh, about those is they've both got USB-C connectivity which uh, is makes life a whole lot easier when it comes to uh, laptops that we we get into this industry standard sort yeah, of uh, point dongle gate going on for a while yeah, there, so yeah. it's nice to see it all kind of converging back. Yeah, yep. so um, so we'll have a bit of a chat about that. Um, now there was um, last week the uh, Google landed with their Pixel Four and Pixel Four XL. Um, Look, if you if you're interested in in those, um, I haven't got hands on. They're not being launched into the New Zealand market, but it is Google, and they will be of interest to you know to a chunk of people. Um, but look, go out there. You know, they're always parallel import you mm-hmm. know, available for these these types of uh, uh, things. I'm and and there's certainly some pretty interesting things that 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 um, you know Google tend to come through. Uh, on with their own mm. devo- devices, but I think it, it, it's actually, um, I don't know, I think it's maybe more than disappointing that Google aren't launching those into the New Zealand, they're launching them into the Australian market, mm. I'm not quite sure what the big stretch is for them to launch them into the into the New Zealand market. And there's but, always been an appetite know. for the kind of the pure Google. Yeah, Google and it always seems there. like yeah. a little bit of a, 
I don't know, a lack of respect or, you know, um, something when when big technology brands sort of leave leave New Zealand New Zealand out in the cold a little bit. Um, I think it's, it's a bit still poor. happens. Yeah, we've, you know, we've we've seen um, you know a, a lot of brands do it, you know, over the over the years, um, but generally they've they've got their act together and and started launching something, mm. you know, things locally. So come on, Google. Uh, I know we've got Googlers listening. So uh, what were the standouts you know? with that phone? There was the variable refresh rate, wasn't there? With the yeah, screen. so they've got a uh, uh, go up to a, ni- a 90, uh, 90 hertz refresh rate. Um, they've they've sort of stepped up on the camera front. So you know, where previously they had one camera that was that was very very good. Um, you know, actually they've they've now got um, I think the um, yeah the uh, multiple um, camera sensors on yep. on the back, and they've got um, the hand actions. Don't they the sort of yeah it's like so an it's a ra- sensor. radar yeah yeah um, sensor that's, that's built cool. into the phone so you can sort of you know yeah, ge- yeah. gesture at it um, motion sense I think is what they what they call that so um, yeah and it's I mean nice uh, nice um, you know snappy device from 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 all accounts mm. um, so. Yeah, but never mind. We will we will have to wait and see. Uh, um, but I imagine at some point in time, um, maybe they'll they'll launch in the New Zealand market. But I don't understand any any particular reason why they would be um, holding up, particularly when they are um, they are available in in the Australian market, as I say. Um, so. Yeah, there, there you go. Um, and then the other, the other gadget uh, th- that is of interest and um, it's just launching here is the Oppo Reno Two Z um, or Z, um, mm. depending on. Well, we're Kiwi, so we can call it. We can call it the Z. Uh, but yeah, this is just just landing uh, in the in the local uh, the local market now. Um, it's one of the, it's one of those smartphones, um, and uh, you know we we we've been seeing the prices go up on the top end mm. on the top end phones. Uh, it's one of those smartphones that's that looks. Very close to a, a really a top tier phone. It's uh, you know it's quite nicely uh, built. It's got a Sony uh, forty eight megapixel um, uh, camera sensor in it um, with you know re- reasonably large uh, sensor as as well as um, three other. Kind of cam- cameras mm. uh, that are, that are utilised as well, and a, and a, um, I think a, a depth sensor, um, and then it's got the screen that has got no no notch, so it's a full no screen. Notch. Yeah. And um, what did you think when 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 we hit selfie mode on the camera? Yeah, the the bit that pops out the top. That's I haven't seen that before. Yeah, it's um, quite cool, isn't it? But yeah, just the lack of the notch is fantastic. Even compared to some of the other phones where they got the little. Just a sort of small dot there. Punch to, hole type yeah, one. Yeah, and it's, yeah. As yeah. soon as you sort of give up any screen real estate, I, I kind of, I sort of write off the horizontal sort of lines where, right. not, where the, um, yeah, yeah. the hole punch is. So yeah. it's pretty cool to actually see that come out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, very, very um, um, yeah, very interesting just to see that, you know, Oppo now, 
they seem to be releasing handsets into the local market at quite a pace. Mm. They've got quite a range. They've really gone for these pop-up cameras like nobody else in the market. Yep. They've got a whole you know a whole bunch of them now, and starting to come down to uh, you know I guess a, a, a broader mix of um, uh, price points as as well. Um, Their and underlying specs are always really good, aren't they? They sort of if it's megapixels or RAM. They seem to, uh, you know, from anyway, from afar, um, yeah. as an iPhone user, I've always sort of been impressed. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, pretty, 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 yeah, pretty impressive on the specs. I, mm. I saw there was one um, UK media outlet that was sort of looking at the price, and I think there it was uh, maybe maybe without tax or something. It was yeah coming in a yeah, a little yeah, a little bit cheaper than the the New Zealand price, but they were then you know comparing its its specs with uh, smartphones that were maybe. You know, more, you know, double the double the price point. Mm-hmm. So um, here, I think you can get it for uh, six hundred ninety nine uh, in the in the New Zealand market, and yeah, that's a six and a half inch um, AMOLED screen. So yeah, quite often the AMOLED screens are. are you know, right at the top end in, yep. term, in terms of smartphones, and you know, fat with Apple, you've got to be, um, yeah, you've got to be, and the, their pro phones to get the the AMOLED screen, um, decent four thousand milliamp hour um, yep. battery, and they've got the um, VUC um, flash charge, the three which is you know real fast uh, charging. They've got the in screen um, fingerprint. You know, sensor for Smart. for un- unlocking, similar, uh, I guess to you know what we've seen across a number of other other brands. Um, eight gigs of RAM, so it's it's not not light on that perspective. Mm. Um, and 128 gigs of uh, of storage, and I'm pretty sure um, certainly on the Reno two because there's a Reno two and a two. Uh, Z, uh, you have a micro SD card option I'm just seeing yeah, okay. if that's, I'm not sure if that's available on this one um, or not but yeah the, the specs seem to look pretty pretty good mm. and it's um, good yeah, a $700 um, handset so I guess that in New Zealand we see Oppo sort of filling some of the gap that Huawei's uh, leaving because mm. they're not able to launch uh, new devices, or certainly not new devices, with the uh, with the Google Play Store, which is, is certainly yep. going to hamper them. Um, understand that Huawei's Mate uh, 30 Pro is is coming to New Zealand in the not too uh, not too distant okay. future. Uh, so we'll be able to chat about that once they actually uh, arrive um, mm. here with its fancy cameras and 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 um, other other things. So look, we're um, we're still re- you know we're n- not. Completely, you know, Google may not be giving New Zealand much uh, uh, much love with their their handsets, but I think there's still a still pretty, pretty good selection of yeah. uh, uh, things coming into the in, into the market, and often at quite reasonable price points. So, you know, I've noticed uh, some of the some of these uh, devices. Uh, and I think Oppo and Huawei were sort of probably two of the, the obvious brands um, coming into the New Zealand market at prices quite a bit sharper than what we, what the Australian market is getting. Mm. Uh, so that's kind of nice. Can't you know? Can't we're doing uh, pretty well complain. on the electronics front mm. now? Mm. Yeah, yeah. 
um, although the exchange rate is, has been a bit variable for New Zealand in uh, in recent times, so that um, yeah, puts a, puts a little bit a little bit of pressure on uh, uh, on pricing. So, yep. uh, yeah, um, so maybe bef- before we've a lot of gadget talk and other other bits and pieces, um, but before we finish up, yeah, just keen to hear a little bit about what's what's going on in the in the good nest uh, world because when yeah. we, I guess when we first had you on the show, it was kind of you know early earlier on in the the yeah, goodness journey. Yes. Um, so what's been going on? Yeah, we, we've been going f- five years. Uh, we still consider ourselves a startup, and we operate like, operate like one. Um, and we sort of started with cleaning, and then we went into sort of uh, plumbing and electrical and all those other sort of handyman services. And is this um, all through the web, or you've got an app as well? Yeah, we've got an app. Uh, we've got two apps. So we've got an app for the for the pros, as we yes. call them, the professionals. So that's yep. where they sort of pick up work. Yep. Um, and yep. then on the consumer side, there's an app, and that, that's free to get, and um, and that's where you can kind of like book jobs. Um, we now call it posting jobs. So a month ago, we changed to um, a free model for consumers. So right. Pre- so this is this pivot that you've gone through. Yeah, yeah. so pre- previously it was all about, um, you know, you tell us what you need uh, done, you give us your credit card details, we'll tell you what the hourly rate is, and then, you know, the the sort of tradesperson will turn up like magic. And there's a lot of sort of back-end sort of logistics and operations sort of headaches. Yeah, you, had to do a, you had to do a lot of work to make that, make that happen. I mean, oh, yeah. I might, you know, I've used, and my wife have used the service um you know, a number of times booking plumbers and 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 varying things, um, and yeah, I know on at least you know one occasion, you know it was clear that uh, you know there's 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 a challenge sometimes for you guys to try and coordinate and oh, yeah. and, and lock those people down and, and get it happening. I mean, we we got we got good results. Uh, you know, I don't think there was an issue. You know, it was an issue yep. from that perspective, but you know, it might have been like, oh, I'd like to get somebody here now, and then you know you're relying on the back end. You've you know you've maybe got a price uh, yeah, locked down so I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how how that'll work but if you're in something in a hurry I guess now it will put you put you know puts as you yeah. post jobs they'll go out to a bunch of people within a particular sphere what yeah, you need. So, so what we what we kind of did was we realized that having an approach to, to workers um, in sort of nine simplistic sort of buckets which is you know handyman plumber electrician plumbing electrical is is actually a fairly reliable bucket yes uh, yeah. but what we did was we sort of sliced um, kind of well we moved away from the worker type and we looked at all the, the different slices of jobs down to sort of um, there could be like 47 types of plumbing jobs yep. um, and not all of them have to be done by plumbers like installing sort of a um, you know a washing machine that's already kind of plumbed in right. that's sort of appliance related it doesn't have to be a plumber Yeah. so um, what we did was we got really kind of geeky on that front and so we've got about 450 um, kind of types of jobs now and so we went to a search model so you go on our site you say what you need uh, done we've got all the sort of smarts in there for fuzzy logic and aliases to sort of figure out if someone's saying oven stove hob stove top all these sort of uh, sort of things and so um, what we do is we understand really well what a consumer needs and then we've got a, a big sort of workforce out there or, or kind of a list of professionals with reviews and we start to sort of connect those professionals so that generally means we'll email them if they've got the app they'll get push notifications instantly uh, we obviously have like waterfalling logic I'm probably geeking out a little bit here on this stuff but what we do is we have to do a lot of sort of um, sort of 
heavy lifting and trying to alert the right professional that this job is, has come up. And we don't want to alert too many because then it's just annoying to them. So there's sort of a, a bit of an art in getting that right where it just mm. seems natural to them. They're like, oh, this is the suburb I'm in right now and there's a job this afternoon. And, oh, that's cool. Fantastic. Yeah. And so now it's yeah. all around chat. So the, the apps are going to be more important for us. Um, because now now you effectively can chat to sort of multiple uh, professionals that don't know who you are. They'll just see Paul in, you know, Auckland CBD or wherever and you can just chat and hire who you want and see information about them and um, never sort of have to pay us a cent. So the, the idea is sort of um, still us trying to make it easier for you to get things done around your home, but we're sort of drilling in more to the who do I use, how do I know I'm getting a good price and um, how do I not sort of spend an, an evening trying to figure out those other two things by kind of having a whole bunch of sort of tabs open in your browser? So, yeah, yeah. so it's, it's quite fun. It's, it's great to be able to give a product away uh, to consumers. It's a lot easier than asking for credit card details. Sure. Uh, and the professionals like it because we're not sort of taking a percentage off them. It's sort of um, they pay like a micropayment. It could be like $5. A lot of cases we're still free in some areas and just to get sort of um, supply, supply up. But the idea for them right. is they only pay for interested uh, consumers who reply back to their messages so yeah that's good because uh, yeah there are those sorts of things that you you need on maybe an ad hoc type basis you don't necessarily keep a relationship with a plumber that you use all the time or I mean, I keep going back to that mm. one, but you know, all all sorts of things. We you know might need something something done, and um, and even if you do, that person might be away or not available, and oh, yeah. you know, um, where you know, look at um, our house that we we have um, on on Airbnb at the moment, and you know, there's a plumber with a big sign up, you know, mm. a few doors down from the from the house. <laughs> you know, the time I tried to call them, it was like, no, we can't. You know, basically they were gonna they were going to be at least a week before they could help um, and you know with goodness we were able to you know obviously tap into um, you know, people that were able to service the area yeah. and um, you know d- deliver deliver within a reasonable time frame which is is pretty important if you've got a plumbing issue I tend to yeah, tend to find I mean it's different if you've got some commercial work and you've got a project to be done and maybe yep. that firm was more leaning in that, that direction but uh, there's, a lo- yeah. there's a lot of luck in it you know yeah. it just it, often it comes down to sort of cancellations and what they got on that week and yep. it's it's a very difficult thing to sort of um, do very well but um, yeah, we've been doing it for five years and um, a lot of it is just you know automated around the resourcing we used to have like um, three staff working full time resourcing jobs you know seeing maps clicking on the job all the workers appear based on you know where they're at and if yes. they're working at the time and we eventually just fed it to a machine and those three people could go on and do other things and it was taking us about nine and a half seconds of process of time a day we just sort of do these spots sort of um, kind of these crons and, and basically the machine would kind of look at all the previous data all the previous workers all the jobs what was successful and it will actually say Gary over here is the guy you need to ask even though he's on the other side of town because it's Historically, the system can kind of see that he used to always pick up those jobs on the way home. Yeah. So yeah. that's been kind of fun. You can kind of take a step back again, the whole machine learning it's thing. And with data, you can make things sort of just seem to work a bit better. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Well, great to great to have you um, back back on the show, James. Yeah, no worries. Um, now, people want to get in touch or they want to try out Goodnest. What's uh, what do you what do you recommend? Where do they go? Best place is just go to our website, goodnest.co.nz. Um, and yeah, just search for what you need and type in what, what 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 your problem is and click get quote and you're done. Excellent, excellent. 
All right. Well, great to see you again, as I say, and uh, we'll look forward to chatting you with you on uh, on another episode again in the in the future. Look forward to it. Yeah. Excellent. Hey, thanks everyone for listening in, um, and a special thanks to our partners for uh, for their support of the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Uh, we'll be back again next week with another episode. So we'll catch you then. And uh, look, you know, don't don't forget to uh, uh, follow us. We're now on uh, on LinkedIn, so we're reaching. Uh, there just look for NZ Tech Podcast and we will have more and more video content coming online as well so thanks everyone see ya The New Zealand Tech Podcast brought to you by Gorilla Technology proactive and strategic IT